Before we start into another episode of DadCast and our misadventures in parenting, support for this episode is via the brilliant Sky Q. We all know parenting is tough, and sometimes we need a little help in entertaining our little ones. That's where Sky Q has the perfect solution for you and you and you. It's everything you love in one place. Easy. They bring together all your favorite apps and content onto the Sky Q box to keep the kids entertained and give us adults a well-earned break. Saturday morning cartoons will never be an issue again with over 11 different kids' channels packed with all their favorite programs on Sky Kids, including Paw Patrol, Peppa Pig, and SpongeBob. You can grab a movie night with the little ones and access over a thousand movies for all ages in Sky Cinema, including new releases like The Secret Garden, starring Colin Firth and Julie Waters, which got the thumbs up from Dave McIntyre. There's also the entire Disney Plus range of new class of new releases, rather, like Clouds Onwards and The Rocketeer, alongside classics like The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast. That's everything for you and the kids. All in one place, easy. Head over to sky.ie to find out more or search Sky Q now. Dad Pod. Well, this is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. Oh, midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Yeah. And you're very welcome along to this week's episode of Dadcast. Uh, Stone Age is your opinions, Adrian, or is that something? That you want? <laughs> Whoa, Stone Age, the legendary pet. Right, that's what. Go on, in case anybody missed it. There's been an intro in between. Um, so yeah, the young fella's just mad into. The, I, I don't know if you find it, but like he just hops from one thing to another, and at the minute it's whatever I said there, Stone Age, something or other, and um, it's I can't we keep track of it. Huh? We do not. We do not find that. We find that they get in. They watch every single episode of that a hundred times, mm. and then they get bored of it and never watch it again. They do not hop from. It's like right. you you get into an addiction. It's like, oh, this week it's crack. Next week it's cocaine. The week after it's speed. The week after that you don't mix those because everybody knows you get a speedball and die like River <laughs> Phoenix. So that's not going to happen. They don't um, mix. Some of it is. I have it. I. Maybe for those reasons, just I kind of want to keep him moving from one thing to another. So if he's getting too fixated on one thing, which uh, the evidence of stopping this morning to talk to the wall, to talk to Mooga Booga might suggest that we're time to move on. I'll generally say, oh, they're not showing that one anymore. He's at that age where he'll believe that. They're not showing that one anymore. So we've got to move on to the next thing. I have a, an important question that I should have uh, pretended came from a listener. Um, how do you pretend to fake interest uh, in uh, the latest plot twists of these shy cartoons? <laughs> oh, I wish I knew, because all my lads talk about now is this Roblox, and oh, it's yeah. this other language. And I, every morning, I'm like, okay, tomorrow in the car, I'm going to ask some proper questions, and I'm going to really get to grips with this other world that they seems to take up the vast majority of their life, that they enjoy being in that world far more than this actual world. But then they start talking, and I'm like, what in the name of hell mm. are you on about? I'm gone. I can't keep up. There's too many different characters. You know, at that age, there's like 80 different characters, but they know each one perfectly, what their value is, how much they desperately need them more than anything. And yeah, because I guess, isn't that the thing? You've got to connect at their level. But their no. level's too complicated. Their level's far too complicated. This is terrible. How quickly we aged. It was just overnight. Anyway, welcome along to this week's episode of DadCast. All the dads are here. Nathan's here. Adrian's here. Dave is here. Dave is here in, in body and spirit. We've, we've press-ganged him into doing this, but you're in the middle of a house move. I'm always present in body and spirit, Jer. <clears throat> yeah, if the, um, the house is looking like 
those houses I'm sure we all lived in at some stage where you were renting a room in someone else's house and there were no pictures on the walls there was no carpet on the floors there was no um, nothing comforting or intimate about the surroundings so all the stuff that makes this home ours is in a box somewhere or in a bedroom in my parents house so uh, yeah it's, it's going to be another week or two before we leave but it's it's becoming decidedly more cluttered and less comfortable as the days go by. Trying to decide when which night I need to start taking apart the beds and the kitchen table and all that sort of stuff. But uh, we're getting there. Is it emotional? We're getting there. No, I don't think so. I don't think I'll be emotional. We've been incredibly lucky and incredibly happy where we are. We've been here for fifteen years, but um, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I wasn't sentimental in any way when I left my parents' house to come live here. I don't think I will be when I'm leaving this house. You just move on. It's just the way it is. What age were you then when you left your parents' house? I was 26. Oh, and had you see. been living there nonstop since you were zero? Yes. Woof. What? They must never have had any sex ever. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, no, I did live for a year and a half down in Waterford at one stage, but that was while also living here the other two or three nights a week. But yeah, no, it's um, it's an adventure. I don't think it's an adventure that's going to be a huge amount of fun. But hopefully, the main thing is the two lads aren't too affected. So we've been talking about it a lot, and we've been um, bringing up the fact that, you know, this is our third last week. This is our second last week. You're coming into your last week. What are you going to miss? What won't you miss? Is there anything you want to make sure that we have with you? What, what, what do you want to put up in your new room? Um, telling them that how close they'll be to this, certain things that they're not as close to at the moment. So I don't think either of them, the signals right now are positive in that I'm not sure either of them will be overly upset. But I guess only time will tell. We'll be a few weeks in the new house maybe and they'll pine for their old surroundings and their old bedrooms. But we will do our best to manage that. You guys have all, I think, Certainly Nathan and Adrian have gone through house moves in recent times, haven't you? Where the kids are of an age to at least have some semblance of understanding of what's going on. Are there any pitfalls I need to avoid? I was probably a bit young. My kids were probably a bit younger. So we moved here five years ago. We did move out for three months last year. Um, or, yeah, I just moved out. You know, the rest of them stayed. It was a sad time for our family. Uh, no, Jesus. my kids were too young. They didn't have any friends. I, if we were to move now and they were... Seven and eight, I would imagine it would be quite difficult if you were saying, oh, all your mates say goodbye. You're going somewhere brand new. I'm sure you'll get some new friends. It'll be just fine. But <laughs> I, they're not more excited of, the, as you said, the, the new bedroom, the new surroundings, the sense that anything is possible in this new house. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, as you can see from the shadows moving in the background, I'm trying to manage the situation here. Are there a lot of X's going up on the wall, Dave? Well, they are both on one at the moment, and I have since promised a second. But um, behaviour in the last week has been very good, I must say. And whether or not that is connected to the Three Strikes and You're Out project, I'm not quite sure. But Unlikely, I, let's face it, it's unlikely. It's it is unlikely, because as, you, as we've often said, they live in the moment and they don't really remember yeah. what happened a couple yeah. of hours ago. But we were in the car on the way home from school there, and I did ask for them both to promise that for this 45-minute spell, that they would neither ask me for anything or go upstairs to the attic where their mother is working. And both may, and there were issues and promises made in my, my 
side as well in terms of little biscuits and TV, which wouldn't normally happen until six o'clock. But needless to say, since we started recording, they have broken their side of the promise. <laughs> because just two seconds ago, they came out fighting. Just can't trust a, them, Dave. And there was a soldier oh. fired across the kitchen floor. And as I look through the little... Can you see that fight going on in the background? Oh, yeah, there? we're getting live. Yeah. We can only see one side yeah, of it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's like you've set this up for TV that, you know, because they're children, it's blurred out. <laughs> <laughs> All we can see in the shadows. But if there's something, if there's proper damage, we will actually, you know, we'll get a good sense of it. I just yeah, did my... Uh, just when you're talking to them, I want to hear what, how Dave McIntyre disciplines his children. You know that scene from... Um, I've got a complete and utter brain fart here. The Tommy from, you know, the Birmingham, the gang in Birmingham. What's it called? The oh, gang in Birmingham. Hey. You know that scene where he's walking around each of them and the finger in the face going, no effing fighting, no effing fighting. Every time I'm on mute, I'm roaring that through the door. Minus the expletive, of course. You do the accent. No, but I should. I should do the accent as well, yes. When we moved, ours were definitely too young. Ours were definitely too young because we moved house uh, we moved house, so myself and Con moved into the house on, I think it might have been like a Tuesday, and we were here for a night, and then uh, my wife and brand new baby came home the following day, when we literally just moved into a new house. Uh, it, was, it was extraordinarily good timing, or absolutely shy timing, as was very much the case at the time. There was like still, when, when we brought the new baby home, there was like 10 builders in the house, so it wasn't a good, uh, not a good time to be alive at that stage. But um, but it was good. But it was good fun for the like that that day before, the night before, and we didn't have everything like the kitchen table, like you were saying, Dave, or the beds in place or whatever. That was part of the crack that it wasn't actually stuff. Everything wasn't ready to go. Um, yeah, it got a bit messy after that, obviously. But um, that was good fun. Kind of, it was kind of cool. It'll be yeah. We we know we're in for a couple of months of hurt. Boxes everywhere and dust and decisions to be made and paint jobs and all that crack. But look, it's all for the long term, isn't it? It's all with, the, well, all with an eye on the big picture. The, the inevitable, the inevitable <laughs> death at 60 that, you know, <laughs> stressed, front back and deeply in debt. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, well, that's if you tend to focus on the negative sides of it, Jerry, yes. Can you hear that in uh, the background? Can you guys hear what's going on in the background? No. Good. That is the benefit of this microphone that it doesn't pick up what's going on a yard and a half from me. Because right now, one of the two is wailing. I'm pretty sure it's the older guy. But um, let's just move on, shall we? I presume there's another yeah. X gone in the box there pretty quickly. Well, it's all the way over at the fridge, so can't quite get to it at the moment. But the broke promises a... have been shattered. They haven't been broken here the last 15 minutes. They've been shattered beyond repair. Would you ever move straight from like zero strikes to that? Sorry, that's, that is enough. <laughs> three full in one go. No, because as we discussed last week, if they max out too early in the day, then you've got, you know, a loose, go. cannon. You have a loose cannon walking around for the fall next few yeah, hours true. with absolutely that's nothing true. to lose. That's true. A renegade. Yes, exactly. Um, Adrian, you wanted to ask Dave about a, a big moment in his life that happened at the weekend. Against all deeply, the odds. Deeply uh, personal moment, Dave. Um, the overall, like you're, you're obviously people can tell of your accent, you're not from Calvin, but you've <laughs> spoken often enough 
um, the podcast about your connections there. And I just thought there's something beautiful about, I have it, I have it to, a, to a degree with my parents being from my own Galway. Um, and there's something really nice about being able to connect with your folks' home place through sporting success or failure, as is that more often the case. Yeah, yesterday was special, really, really special. Um, yeah, I look, I've been chatting with you, with you lads for, what, 12, 12 or 13 years now, and it was very apparent very early in my love for Cavan football, um, because I, I let people don't know, both sides of my family, mother and father, are all from Cavan, all the cousins and uncles and aunts aunties and grandparents are all Cavan. We were steeped in Cavan football as children. We were dragged from pillar to post across Ulster to pretty much every county ground, usually to see Cavan been beaten because um, people who followed the football will understand that yesterday's Ulster title win was the second in 51 years. So it has not been a good half century for Cavan in terms of uh, success at provincial or indeed All-Ireland level. So yesterday was amazing, but one of the best parts about it was, obviously it was against the odds. It's probably the hardest won Ulster title in my lifetime because of what they had to go through to get there. But I was, Nicky had um, taken the younger guy to the shop yesterday afternoon. So it was just myself and, the, and my six-year-old. And he was on the couch and he was playing something on the iPad. And he was quiet and he was happy enough and he could see I was getting increasingly excited and the temperature in the room was beginning to rise and the tension levels were beginning to become a bit more noticeable as we got towards the end game up in the athletics grounds. But I managed to convince him, and it did take a bit of cajoling, but I convinced him to put the iPad away. I think the clock had ticked into the 63rd minute. Cavan were maybe a couple of points up. And I said, you won't regret this. Something very special is about to happen here. You've no idea what this will mean to your grandfather and your grandmother if Cavan, who are the blue team, get the job done here. And he put the iPad away and we watched it together on our feet for the last wow. seven or eight minutes plus injury time. And when the Martin Riley goal went in, he sensed, and he wouldn't be a huge fan of watching sport on TV, he knew what that meant. And the whole place just went crazy. And I had the front door open and I was bellowing out onto the street. And... Um, he was in my arms the whole time. As, as difficult as it is now to nearly pick him up because he's got so big. But just to have him there and to have that moment with your son. And, you know, it's different for dubs or uh, Mayo men who re routinely win provincial medals and provincial titles. But, like, from a Cavan point of view, this may not happen for... It took 23 years for yesterday to happen. So to have my six-year-old there with me to experience it just for that wow. 15 minutes was amazing. And then his pa was on the phone on WhatsApp video straight away. And he was roaring into the phone. Cabin of one, cabin of one. Not quite sure he knew what it meant, but he was certainly <clears> adding <throat> to the magic of the moment. Um, and then the uncles are on the WhatsApp then. And my, my brother who's in the Lebanon, he's on the phone. And um, ah, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. And this was all on the back. I mean, the, you know, the, the litmus paper had been lit by Tipperary and two hours beforehand. Mm. Um, so I think I tweeted yesterday that it was, it was combined 120, 108 years wait for the two counties for pro their provincial titles. So, uh, yeah, that was, that's the first proper sporting moment I've shared with either of them. And it was, oh, it was incredible. Just incredible. 18 years, that 18 years? 23 years. 23. 83. Tip, obviously, so, so you would have been. I was 17. 17, right. Yeah. Um, you at the game? In '97, yeah. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. Tears. There were tears shed that day. I remember running across. I was in the on the terrace side of St. Tiernan's Park, so 
we were sprinting across to the far side, the main stand, to where the Anglo Celtic Cup was going to be given to Stephen King. And I, <clears throat> at 17, I was obviously a sports fanatic already, so I knew what it meant. But to see full-grown men absolutely bawling on the pitch that mm. day, because Cavan hadn't won since 69. So even then, that was, what, a 29-year wait, 28-year wait the last time. So, uh, and it was different this time because none of us could be there and obviously the players had no one to kind of run to afterwards, but pretty incredible, just incredible all around. I was thinking about the likes of Westmead in 04 and what it must have meant for you, Adrian, and how many fathers probably experienced that with their sons and with absolutely no experience previously of their county winning a mm -hmm. provincial title. It's for the counties that rarely experience it, it's spectacular. Yeah. Different for it was slightly different for us in '04 in that like my parents are not from Westmead and they they'll get behind them as their second team but they're not really that fussed. I mean they are they are they are they follow them. We'd, I would have been to a lot of Westmead games and we'd people from very close to us who would have played with Westmead all through the years and so we would have had that connection. But they were far more and are far more excited about Colin than they all. Um, but the 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 it's the connection, Dave, isn't it? It's the like that thing where you know you said your dad was straight onto you um, after the final whistle, and like it's that connection. You you were at the game obviously, and what did you say it was ninety seven, ninety eight? The two of you together. Ninety seven, come on! Why do you not know <laughs> <laughs> You're saying it's as if it's this new thing that nobody's ever thought of before that Cavan haven't won a Ulster title. I like that uh, Dave thinks that in Mayo we've had nothing but success so that, you know, winning a trophy isn't something we would ever get excited about. You won five Connacht titles in a row and didn't give a shite by the uh, last. By the exactly, evening. exactly. But that's, that, like, that, you know, so my mother's from Mayo and I would say in the top five things that over the course of our lifetime that we've discussed, Mayo football is in the top five. So there's absolutely no question about it. And, <laughs> like, it's, it's a bit of, it's the ribbon and a bit of crack and, like, it's a fantastic point of connection with your parents. Like, it's just an incredible thread that, is constantly and always there, regardless of success or otherwise. Like success is lovely, but um, it's an incredible point of connection, I find. So this is why you want your kids to play sport? Dave is on mute there. It's not necessarily why I want my kids to play sport. It's why I would love them to be interested in it. Um, because sport is such a great way to connect with where you're from and with your roots. Now, it'll be slightly different for the two lads because, you know, the, the connection to Cavan is one generation removed. Both of their parents are dubs. And two of their four grandparents are dubs. So without, obviously, as each generation of our immediate family moves on, the link to Cavan grows weaker and weaker. So that's why I will always try and talk to them about it. And, and I know when they get older, my father's going to, will look to bring them around some of his old haunts. And every time we drive through Virginia, for example, I'm pointing out the landmarks. That's where your granddad grew up. That's where he went to school. That's where he worked. Um, and this would be en route to the farm, which is on my mother's side, a few miles up the road. But um, sport is a brilliant way to be able to, tr to reconnect with, the, with your roots in that regard, mm -hmm. because it's such a county-wide thing. And there would be Cavan people all over the world in the last 24 hours that are just like walking on cloud nine, because it's such, such a rarity. And even the scenes from the drive-through in Breckney Park last night were just absolutely amazing. So it's, um, it's, I'll, I'll remember the 97 Ulster title because I was able to share it with my dad and mm. my uncle. And I'll remember this one because I was able to share it with my son. 
So very special. And we'll, I don't think we'll ever forget yesterday. It was just top class. That, let's not talk about the fact that they were playing Dublin in the All-Ireland semi-final. And a question that has been asked to me, probably by some of you three, and definitely friends of mine over the last 20 years, or certainly once I became a commentator, what do you do if Cavan play Dublin in an All-Ireland final at Croke Park? Well, it's not quite a final, but it is going to be a semi-final and I will be commentating on it. So um, I haven't thought that far, but look, the fact that, that Dublin are going for six in a row. I mean, you've been all day long, Dave. Like, it's, you know, ah. I, could, I'll try, I could try and talk about who, um, it wouldn't really bother me you know, who won that game. And when you're, when you're behind the mic on the day, you just do whatever you need to do as part of the job. But Dublin are going to probably win next year's All-Ireland, aren't they? I'm sure they wouldn't begrudge Cavan a place in their first All-Ireland since 1952. Isn't the bigger question if you'd rather... I was talking to one of my neighbours this morning who's from Cavan, obviously on cloud nine, but it was like, if you offered it to me now to just end the championship, I'd take it all day long. Just be done with it. Like, <laughs> just give, give Dublin the trophy. Like, I'm sure Mayo and Nathan would have something to say about that. Mm. I'd, well. say be, I'd say <laughs> <laughs> like I, it's, yeah. it's like such a like horrendous thing to say just be all just be done with it but like there's just nothing to be gained out of those games no, no. well probably no probably not for <laughs> it's probably not for the the, the the so-called weaker sides that are left and obviously you would expect Cavan and Tip to be the underdogs going into those two semi-finals, but it is. You know, I think the two games are irrelevant. Like anyone that would have been with their parents yesterday, that was from Tipperary and that has been part of yeah. the football journey in Tipperary for the last ten or fifteen years since they put the building blocks in place around 07 and David Powers evolved from the start. Anyone who shared that with their dad yesterday, for example, or their mother, or their grandfather, it doesn't really matter what happens against Mayo. And I mean, from a personal point of view and from a Cavan point of view, what we I experienced yesterday with Dylan. It doesn't matter if Dublin do as a lot of people expect them to do and make it a one-sided semi-final. Does that? It doesn't in any way dilute what what no. people and families from Cavan would have experienced yesterday afternoon. Not at all. It's an irrelevant game. It's a bonus game. It's a chance of the players to play in Croke Park, but it's not not much more than that. This turned into a sports podcast pretty quickly, there, Adrian. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you'll never. Um, I just when you were talking there, I was thinking about. Um, 17, I've thought about this before, it's, I think it's around the, maybe like a couple of years below that, definitely a couple of years above that, around the perfect time to be able to experience those kind of games, isn't it? Like, that's the sort of stuff you want at that age. Like, it just, it means you have no context of anything other than this being the most vital and important thing that could ever exist. Like, there's no other context to it. This is the be-all and end-all. In a way that, I'd say probably at our age is now, like you do get carried away in the moment, clearly, but like there are other things, there are other things to play. Really, I would say the opposite. I would have said at seventeen, eighteen, there's a lot of distractions in your life, and you know you think I'm... you think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would say Dave in ninety-seven. I'd say Dave in nineteen ninety-seven. Sort of thought, yeah, I'm enjoying this, but it'll probably happen again sometime soon. Uh, so uh... yes, it's brilliant and it's wondrous. I think now I appreciate moments like that far far more I don't know I know I think in 97 I think we understood the enormity of it because it had never happened in my lifetime and I was 17 and I knew how far back it was since the last one I think almost to the opposite of the point of what Adrian is making the defeats and the 
dark days become less annoying I for me anyway since I became a father like I get over defeats for the teams that I follow much quicker than I used to because there is far more going on and there are far more important things like the health of your children and the happiness of your children and getting the mortgage paid and everyday life things that means the sporting events are probably a little more of a distraction. So the opposite of what you're saying, Adrian, in fact, I would go, go back to 97 when I didn't really have a care in the world and there was nothing really more important that day than Cavan winning that Ulster title. I didn't have to worry about whether the lads had clothes cleaned and pressed and ready for school tomorrow. And, you know, we have a parent-teacher meeting coming up this week. How, how is that going to go? All those kind of things that supersede everything, anything that happens in the sporting world. But in 1997, in that's what it all was about. It was just, mm. this is the most unbelievable thing that's ever happened. Clothes cleaned and pressed is too ambitious, Dave. You're, you're ruining things for the rest of us here. Pressed? Um, Their kids' clothes, yeah. they don't need to be pressed. Forget the pressed. They don't even need to be clean. They don't even need to be clean. They just need to be laid out. I like to, yeah, have, exactly. I like to have them laid out before bedtime. That's fair enough. Um, parent-teacher meetings, are they going to happen virtually? Yes. Obviously. Yeah, you go online and you book a slot. So it's happening uh, next week at some stage. Not Three minutes slots? To, not looking forward. To, I think it's a 10 minute slot. That's quite long. I've, I've heard of some three minute slots being allocated in wow. some schools. Yeah. <laughs> Your child that's is like, a pain yeah. in the hole. Oh, bye. Time off. <laughs> well, that's it. The three minutes comes in very handy if, they, if, if that's the nar- narrative of the story. Yeah. Um, obviously, you'd like, you'd like the 10 minutes to be spent with the teacher waxing lyrical about what a beautiful and wonderful child um, you have and how incredibly intelligent he is and he's way beyond his years and, and he's a, a, a child prodigy. I don't think it's going to go down that road. <laughs> Who knows? It'll be a bonus. bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Takes too much after you instead of his mom. Is that the problem? Uh, if, he t- if he, well, look, I was a very oh, good child. Oh, careful. Very good child in school. Well, you guys have more experience of parent-teacher meetings than I do, Jerry. You've got them, not yeah. for, you've had them in person. So, I mean, what are yeah. they like? Um, they're fine. Like it's uh, it's like a ten minutes where you're like, is my child, is my child a weirdo? No, oh, great. Uh, can they, you know, uh, maintain a conversation at some level? That is, yes. Uh, are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? Yes. I like that's my ambition is. Relatively low when it comes to this stuff. Would they? Would you think? Would they? Like just to sort of contract. Would they think? Would they tell you if they, if your child was a weirdo? Would they be likely to go? No. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> would they? Yeah, I think. I think I, yeah. yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. It's, slightly, it's slightly different in mind because my wife is a teacher in the school. Yeah. So therefore, I'm like. Oh yeah. How's about you just leave me at it? Because it seems like you've already made up your mind what is going on with our child here, and you're sort of leading down their teacher <laughs> down a certain path of. <laughs> But I think parent-teacher meetings are very different now from when we were growing up. Like, if there's any major issue with your child, they're not waiting three months, three, four months into the year to let you know. There's all sorts of procedures and processes that they go through to ensure they're getting whatever help they need. But I've been saying as Jair, I I think you have a fair idea as to how your child is doing uh, in terms of the academic stuff. It's, as Jair said, are they all right in class are they have they got friends do they talk to everyone are they nice to everyone and once you hear that you're like all right grand everything else you can sort of deal with because there's very little way of finding that out during the school term like like do you guys get anything out of your kids school wise 
We get Ugh. nothing. Like it's a one-word answer. How was today? Mm. Good. Did you get to play? Yeah. Anything else happen? No. no. And then please stop asking me about so we will have to rely on the teacher to keep us in yeah. to how they're doing. I, I do know that he goes in happy and he comes out happy. But what happens in, the, in between is a, a mystery at the moment. Yeah, I hear it was science week. What did you do this week? Nothing, but it was science week. Yeah, science. And what's, what, what are you doing as part of science week? Nothing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There are hints and tips for those conversations that you're not supposed to ask those questions. It's like, Where they can say you know, no. Yeah, what was your favorite bit? What was, what were you good at? Oh, and what bit did you not? I don't know. I, I'm I, with three questions in. You're like, it's hard work. Tell me, tell me about the fucking dinosaurs in the in the fucking. <laughs> tell me about water rats. We had, an, like <laughs> we had an interesting uh, trip to school this morning. I was asked to go through uh, Bloody Sunday this morning on the way to school from start mm -hmm. to finish. The significance of it, the background to it, why it happened, who was involved, who are the bad guys and who are the good guys. Um, and it's difficult to get it across in a 15-minute conversation, but I made, a, I made it an attempt. I did go back like several hundred years as to the burying origins of it. You didn't show them a three-minute highlight reel, did you? No, who would, no, who would do that? There's no need. No, this day and age, there's absolutely no need for that. <laughs> but we, yeah, by the time we pulled up to the school gates, um, I had just touched on Michael Hogan and why Tipperary winning the Munster title yesterday was of such significance. I'm not sure any of it stuck. And I'm pretty sure if I asked him what Bloody Sunday was now, he probably wouldn't be able to tell me. But it was interesting that they asked me about it. I'd say he went into school and said, my daddy hates the Brits. <laughs> well, you know the way things are so black and white with children, and yeah. they play cops and robbers all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, several questions. He asked me about 15 questions during the discussion, and I'd say at least five of those were him just getting straight in his head who were the good guys and who were the bad guys. That there was mm. no. There was no in between. So when I happened on the morning of Bloody Sunday, which group killed those guys, and what were they about? And but they they were still the good guys, weren't they? So it's um like we don't see it as everything is black and white, but they certainly do. Mm. There was one account uh, that I was listening to. There was so much done really well about this, and we're not in the sports podcast here. This is not a sports point. Uh, about one of the kids who had died and I don't know, was it the kid who, first kid who had been in the tree and had been taken into one of the houses, I think it might have been on Fitzroy Avenue or one of those, right beside Crow Park. And um, it was before, so the fa a family had taken him in to tend to him and it was before <clears throat> any of his parents would have been aware that he had been shot. And it was like, well, I don't know, there was a, as Dave would say, there was a bit of dust in the room, but he, 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 um, somebody who was tending to him was like, are you okay? And I oh, like the kid obviously had some sort of a sense of what was going on. And he said, oh, will you just tell my dad I've been hit? And I was like, oh, jeez. Like, imagine those words, like as a father, as a parent hearing those words. And then obviously the poor kid passed away and the father comes up to the house later on and this is what's delivered to him. It's, oh, jeez, that, that, that line particularly stuck with me, I have to say. Yeah, I did mention that three of the victims were children. 
I don't know, maybe I should have left that out, that out. Well, they asked me for the ages of then of the children and um, like, would you write Adrian? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't bear thinking about what it would have been like for, for the parents back then as the news started <sighs> to filter through. And news that could have taken a few hours maybe to filter through, whereas today you'd find out very soon. But um, I was just surprised that, that, that I was been asked about it. Um, maybe where, was design, the, the, where did they see it? I don't know. I think they, I, they, they, there was, they definitely heard the words Bloody Sunday being mentioned over the last 48 um, hours, right. 72 hours. So I guess if you hear the word Bloody Sunday, or they know what blood is. Mm -hmm. they're, they're wondering what, what the hell does that mean? So I think that what it might have just picked up on that reference and then started asking some questions and they would have got a brief synopsis of it. But this morning they were given the entire um, lowdown and what happened, what happened on that Sunday a hundred years ago. But it's, it's probably the most uh, detailed highbrow conversation I've had with a six-year-old to this point. So it's a sign that, that they are getting older and that um, maybe I'm going to have to actually know stuff as opposed to being able to oh. put my way through conversations as I have done for the last six years. Okay, Google. Give me a part of history of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a, learn, how, learn how to speak Irish quickly. There's an app What's in that. Is there? Oh, yeah, there is, yeah. What? For us, yeah. We could, that could be a Kickstarter. Um, learn how to speak Irish so you can have conversations they can't understand. Is that what you're talking about? Well, that would be helpful as well. But no, well, right now they would be able to have a far better conversation than Irish than I would. Would they? Like every, every single word of Irish is gone like even the most basic stuff for some reason when i'm put under pressure now i'm like uh, yes bonnie i can get bonnie i can get maybe they're having <laughs> well, not, did you not do you were doing something on air recently and there was a bit, you had a few a bit of a spiel about you oh but i was reading what uh was it michael d higgins was writing to john giles that was it i think yeah 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 yeah, yeah. quality <laughs> i didn't see what you were reading the only the previous time i had uh spoken irish is when i went to huidor and I'd had um, extensive lessons. Uh, <laughs> What's extensive, with the uh, Spanish accent? Ridor. Ridor. From Matt Moore-Trassa, who told me I'd basically be run out of the place if I pronounced it wrong. I went up there and not a single person was speaking Irish the entire time I was there. And when <laughs> I went with my weird pronunciation of Guidor, they were all looking at me going, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Full pronunciation wanker. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, here we go. So, right. Yes. What are you going to do? What am I going to do about the Irish? Yeah. Well, I, I presume this is where I um, say, I'm not I fortunate to be married to a teacher. Ah, <laughs> she's going to teach you all of your, okay, a little bit of cosplay coming in. Is that what that <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I will leave the Irish teaching to her. <laughs> hey, look, sorry, it's been a long week. Only Monday, I can't fucking believe oh it. My God. <laughs> well, at least this podcast is better than the last one, where I, I, I had to get in contact with us on Twitter to say, "I hope you guys are okay." Bit of a bummer, this one. <laughs> <laughs> he was right, though. To be fair, was, he was. He was very kind, given the dross that person had subjected themselves to. That was a very kind way to respond to it. I come up with better, more innovative ways of teaching, such as for maths, where they both have their own fantasy football teams and can now work out all the numbers as they go all the way up 
by just, you know, figuring out how many points their midfielder got by his goal and can tell me without even looking how many points their fantasy football team has every week, which I find is quite educational. <laughs> My wife isn't so sure. Not really Matt's no. like, but... Uh... <laughs> that, that's not really Matt's. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I learned my geography capitals from uh, the, the... Oh, that's a uh, good point, yeah. Yeah. UEFA Cup Winners' Cup, as it was. As well, like, let's face it. None of us would know where Riga and Vilnius were if no. it wasn't for international football. So Ljubljana. It definitely helped with our geography. But when you're six or seven, it's Sofia. Like, wow. And that they were all behind the Iron Curtain. And even learning, why is it the Iron Curtain? What does that mean? Like, they were... Those those bits of football certainly stand you in good stead. So it's not all a waste of time. Oh, you're right. Because even Ljubljana, I know it's in Slovenia, right? Yeah. Like, correct in Slovenia sure. now. But Ireland never played Slovenia when we were growing up, and I don't remember any no. team being from Ljubljana. So actually, until recent times, whereas you say, Dave, like Skonteriga, I would have known exactly where Riga was. <laughs> would have known where all these teams were from. It's quite confusing if they went with you know a name of a team that didn't mention the place. But yeah, poor Ljubljana. Have they no footballing history there? I don't know. Oh, they do. Oh. Did, one of the Irish sides played them recently. Well, you mean history as in... The, is that what you mean? Well, they would have been sure. footballing history. a great Czech team of 58. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Sure. Right. Yeah, but of course, they were, we done? it wasn't an independent country when we were growing up, Nathan. So no. We, um, we never would have, they never would have made it to the European Cup or the UEFA Cup because I assume um, well, these are champions. Been. They were footballing yeah, backwater. Ljubljana's in Slovakia, Slovenia. Slovenia. Oh, Slovenia. Sorry, okay, Slovenia, not Slovakia. Yes. Oh, um, well, there you go. We all knew. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Google. <laughs> Speaking of empires, anybody watching The Crown? Yes. Yes. Loving it. Right. Absolutely. Well, I'll, have, I'll have a talking point for next week. Do Well, there's an awful lot of... We started watching over the weekend. ...of parenting issues that we could dive into in The Crown. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're only on season one. Season one, two episodes in. Ah, well, here, come on. Jesus, we're going to ruin the... Re- if, if you want to talk about anything for the crown, we're going to destroy it for you because... No, the parenting, then, then, we're, then we're not... The I, parenting I, issues I, that you'll have seen in the first two episodes. No, <laughs> I don't want to... I don't want to... Don't, don't want any spoilers, and we shouldn't be giving our audience any spoilers, but, like, we can have talking points out of it. I don't want any spoilers. I mean, I know that there are... Well, it's very difficult when we know how the character develops. I know, but also it's we know the fucking, effect of like what usual seeing, suspects. Like so what, Charles what has been sent off to boarding school or something. Is that the one you're watching? No, the oh, decided that, that they're not going to be the House of Mountbatten, that they're going to be the House of Windsor. And George is walking up to, or Philip, what's his name? The old lad, the old lad now, the yeah. other race. Yeah, the Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah, so he's walking up the stairs looking at his son, really poignant moment at the end of it. And he's, you can tell he's like, oh, you're not a Mountbatten, you're a Windsor. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's great. For, for the first time in Dadcast history, Adrian will be bringing the talking point for the next week, following week. Oh, oh, hey. Wow. Whoa! Hey, hey, what happened over the last whatever we've been on now? Forty-five minutes. As we as we near the end, uh, right? Fair enough. Email us dadcast at offthemall.com if you've got anything that you want to get off your chest, or if you've got any ideas for talking points or anything, any ground that you would like Please. covered. Yeah, we're stuck. <laughs> we'll see you next week, potentially, or maybe, you know, a little bit later. Who knows? <laughs> I've just got the call to go and wipe a bum, so I need to go. Enjoy. Oh, wow. Dave, Nathan, Adrian, we'll see you next week. Take care, folks.